This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Isabel Hardman and Katie Balls. So Isabel, today we're hearing this news about this partnership with the government of Rwanda over how to deal with refugees coming from across the channel. Can you tell us about what we know about these plans? Yes, so as far as we have been told, it is a trial for some asylum seekers who cross the channel and arrive uh, in the UK will be given a a one-way ticket to Rwanda where they will not be processed and then returned to the UK, but they will be given accommodation in uh, detention centres in Rwanda uh, instead of in the UK. And this is, according to Boris Johnson, going to uh, save countless lives from human trafficking and will stop people smugglers. Now, there's obviously... uh, a problem with these channel crossings, uh, which is that people are dying and they are being exploited by human traffickers. That's something that the Refugee Council uh, were very clear about the, this morning when they were responding to this policy announcement. But the British government has failed to uh, solve this problem of the channel crossings and has been looking around for quite some time to find a country to take asylum seekers for some kind of offshore processing Uh, and it has now found Rwanda is happy to do this and it is a very politically useful announcement to make particularly when you've just been fined by the police for a lockdown party with a, a cake ambush involved this is a sort of ambush by policy to try to move the conversation on really for the next two years until the general election, uh, because uh, as James says in his uh, blog on Coffee House about this, this is going to cause an almighty row in Parliament, particularly in the House of Lords, where peers are almost certain to try to block it. Now, the government is saying that, that it doesn't need any new legislation, but either way, the political row over this is, is going to be massive. The Tories think they're going to benefit from it, but it's also their way of dodging the point about the channel crossings, which is that They claimed they were going to stop them and they haven't. And now they're doing something else that is attention seeking, but potentially not particularly workable or indeed desirable to try to avoid attention for that failing. We're already starting to see that political turmoil, um, that backlash uh, happening today, aren't we? Yes. And you're seeing, I mean, immediately as soon as this was trailed last night, you had Labour politicians coming out and saying this is, you know, inhumanitarian and interestingly Labour are going on the attack I think probably because they realise this has the potential to backfire politically and with some voters for them they're going more on it whether it's cost effective saying actually you're going to be spending so much money you look at Australia when Mm. they did you know processing offshore actually spending you know potentially millions on just a few individuals to do this and going on that route I think we're also hearing some uh, members of discontent in parts of the Tory party I think the one nation wing of the Conservatives. This is not a policy that they would naturally pick. In terms of, I think Isabel just touched on this, in terms of the fight, I mean, Downing Street clearly realised this was going to be a controversial announcement. People can be as prepared for the fight as they say they're until the fight arrives, but I don't think they're surprised to, there is a lot of noise around this. I think the question is, when it comes to who this politically benefits, 
I think there will be a portion of Tory voters who think finally something has been done on this issue. And actually, there are plenty of Tory MPs who really felt like this is one of those um, most politically dangerous issues for them. Because if you think about visible signs, so you're talking about Brexit and Brexit opportunities, something Jacob Rees-Mogg is supposed to find. Ultimately, taking back control of borders is such a key thing from the Mm. referendum campaign. And I think the Prime Minister has grown more and more aggravated by the fact that you have these small boat crossings, because it's such a visual reminder that actually you haven't fully taken control of borders. So there's going to be an appetite to push for this for some time. I suspect, and and I think speaking to a few figures in government, they're not too worried by Labour saying this is an inhumanitarian. I think potentially Labour are falling into a trap of their own here, um, which is to, because the reply to that is, well, what is your solution then? And we have seen over the past few months, years, it's actually very hard to find a solution to this. Now, I can completely see why this policy is being criticised. And I think we've also got to see if it actually works. Yeah. Uh, it's a bold statement and it sounds like you're doing something, but, you know, the proof is in how does this roll and what does it cost? I would say on the cost point... Part of this is, yes, it may cost a lot per person, but it's supposed to act as a deterrent Mm. to other people making the journey. So I think while Labour are focusing on the cost of each person who is processed, I think a large part of it is, if you look at it in the round, is the idea that lots of people will not make that journey because they will realise they're not going to come straight to the UK. They're going to be taken somewhere else. In terms of, I think, the message it sends... I think there is a lot of Tory unease still about it. Let's see how it lands because it's clearly going to be challenged legally too. But from a conservative leadership perspective, you have David Canzini, the new deputy chief of staff, who recently made a point at a meeting of special advisers last week saying the government has done a conservative thing most days this week in terms of announcements, whether it was Channel 4 privatisation, talk of nuclear. And I think this is very much in that vein. So if... At the very least, this lands today a sense that the Conservatives are taking the toughest line on immigration. I think that's something figures in number 10 will be quite happy about. Mm-hmm. But as well, as Katie says, the proof is in the actual outcomes. And do you think that this policy will actually work? In um, Katie there mentioned the price. There's also been uh, people questioning whether or not Rwanda is the best human rights respecting country for refugees to be going through. What do you think are the potential pitfalls of a policy like this not working? And some people obviously think those pitfalls are absolutely gaping. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends also what, what you mean by working. Do you mean it? Will it stop people from attempting these channel crossings? I mean, it's it's only going to be some asylum seekers. It's only going to be, as I understand it, single men who uh, will be taken to Rwanda. So if you are a family uh, and you are desperate to get to the UK, then you may well still fall prey to these uh, traffickers who um, will put you in uh, you know, a, a sinking inflatable dinghy, basically, and then at the, at the mercy of the, of the English Channel. In terms of whether it will work for the uh, asylum seekers who are then sent to Rwanda, as you say, there have been a lot of questions about Rwanda's human rights record, and a lot of other countries had refused to to agree to this uh, after being approached by the UK government. So Ghana, for instance, was one of the countries being suggested. Uh, Home Office officials had apparently approached officials in in Ghana um, and there was a a statement from the Ghanaian Foreign Office, Foreign Ministry, rejecting what it described as Operation Dead Meat, uh, which uh, I think was... uh, 
it mocking uh, the, the various weird political terms that, that we have in this country for uh, the funny games that politicians play, including uh, throwing a dead cat onto the table and then throwing red meat to the Tory backbenchers. But they had refused to take part in this, but it turns out Rwanda um, were, were slightly happier. Mm. And Katie, as Isabel alluded to there, there is another story, another big story this week that some people have pointed out. It's quite convenient for this Rwanda plan to have come out in terms of timings. Can you tell us how Partygate has been developing since our last episode? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's worth pointing out. It is clearly helpful to Number 10 to move the agenda on. But as far as I understand it, I was being told as early as Monday this was in the grid for this week. So I think they were always planning this announcement because there was some in government who thought, really are you going to do this during recess this this has the potential to explode this this announcement today because of the reasons we just outlined in terms of being controversial so i don't think this was brought forward because of of party gate fines but the government will be hoping people will focus on this rather than the fact that Boris Johnson has received a fixed penalty notice and could yet receive more in terms of the fallout from the fines on tuesday i think that you Initially, you obviously had lots of Tory MPs coming out to say that they supported Boris Johnson, that they thought he should stay in place. That has broadly held out. You have, you know, a handful of MPs saying he should go. I think there's obviously a difference between putting in a letter and saying that you don't really support, if you were a minister, you would have stepped down over this. So that is... I think around 10, if you bring all those things together, and you've got to remember, there are still some from earlier in the year, he said Boris Johnson should go, who haven't changed their mind. But I think probably the the most interesting development is the fact that David Wilson, uh, the Justice Minister from the Lords, has resigned over the issue. And therefore, there was a question yesterday when this emerges to, will others follow suit? It's obviously particularly tricky for those ministers who hold justice, law and order briefs. Priti Patel was today asked her in a press conference about Boris Johnson's fine. And she did defend him, but she chose her words pretty carefully, not going down the route of some of her colleagues by almost trying to suggest the, f- the fine was petty or over an issue that didn't really matter. Instead, she was talking about how the fact you should note that the Prime Minister has offered a full apology but I think it's very tricky for figures such as the Attorney General uh, you know, the Justice Secretary in, in this position where does it go from here I think we are just back to the point where it is a waiting game as much as we focus on those MPs and we have a running list on Coffee House who have come out to offer their support of Boris Johnson I think it's worth pointing out that many more have stayed silent now a little bit of this is the fact that it is recess and that also means it's harder to take a temperature check with the party but also lots of people are still making up their minds and that is going to rest on a few more things such as the public reaction is it the case as i think lots of mps have told themselves in the past year that ukraine has changed the situation substantially or are their voters actually pretty angry about the issue and this is reopening old wounds and then also what happens if Boris Johnson gets more fines Mm. because I think the concern is if you can get a fine over the birthday cake incident which Tory MPs are clean making light of there was one member of the 2019 intake who wrote on the on the Tory WhatsApp groups effectively saying you know a brief few minutes and you don't even have cake the cake doesn't go out of the box you know don't invite me to your parties in the future they don't sound very good but you know you have people making light in that sense of what happens if there are fines for the more serious events being investigated um so and of course you have the local elections in may so i don't think we can really say yet um that boris johnson's out of the woods katie and isabel thanks very much and thank you very much for listening